You're welcome to our podcast. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me here. Honestly, it's a privilege to be here. And some of us, our story needs to be heard and people need to learn from them because there are not a lot of people out there in our generation that tells us the truth about what our life should be like and what it should turn out to be for the future. So I feel like it's a privilege for me to be here and share my own story. Because from the past, I've had other people share their story from the podcast, even though this one is live and um, (laughs) it's just a live one, but the audio podcast has been good and it's very educative, very educative. And I thank you for having me here. Thank you, Benjamin. You know, I've known you for, I think, what, four years? You've been quite, you know, that person who is ever pushing the next goal, you know, chasing the next big thing, you know. And you have you, you have your school of thought, which is kind of unique in your own way. Yes. And I would also want you to share upon that. And, yeah, you're welcome to our podcast. You're our first video guest. And I'm really happy that you accepted our invitation to come. Um. So as I start, Benjamin, I want you to ask, um, tell us about yourself for those that don't know you closely. You know, usually when that question comes in, you know, well, I feel like sometimes I'd be like, I don't think I'm the one that's supposed to answer that question because you tell someone to tell you about themselves. Yes, they know themselves, but but the thing is that sometimes we want to explain, we want to tell people about ourselves, you know. But there are some blind spots sometimes that we don't know about, you know. Only the people that are seeing us closely or the people that are watching us closely that know, like, this person is like this, you know what I'm saying? Because they've been closer to you, they know, right? But even though, like, you know, like, part of yourself, like, you know, this is the thing that I'm doing. But other people out there, I feel like when you say, like, acting, oh, Benjamin, what you want to say about it, I feel like me telling you, oh, Benjamin said this, he said that, I don't feel it's like kind of like because everybody will have an opinion about Benjamin, you understand? Mm. If I tell you I'm a kind person, someone out there will be like, no, he's not nice. You understand? So it's kind of like sometimes it's kind of like when someone asks me, who are you? And they'll be like, but definitely you have to tell the person, who are you? You understand? So if you ask me who is Benjamin for now, I'll tell you, like, I'm Benjamin Thomas, but my full name is Benjamin Benoni Benedict Thomas. I was born and raised from the west coast of Africa, Sierra Leone, West Africa, you know, Freetown, you know. And then I was raised by two God-fearing women. Like for some of us, we were not, we don't have the, like, we don't have like a father figure, you understand? But I was raised by two women that I take so important in my life, which is, which are my grandma and my, my mom. And if I am here today, it's because of them. So. I, it's not like there are people that I'm not ashamed of, you know, so I'm not ashamed to talk about them because if I'm here and being doing what I'm doing right now is because of them, the sacrifice, the love and everything. I'm what I was, I'm the kind of child, like, I would say I go under the, the principle of saying, if you spare the Lord, if you spare the Lord, you spoil the child. You understand? My parents, they raised me in that hard way that even though they love me, but they didn't spare the road, you understand? They use it in a god, godly way to show me how a young man should be or how a young man should grow up, you understand? That's why when I like, I look at my life, I try every day not to, because I know I'm not perfect. 
I'll tell you, Benjamin is not a perfect person, but he's a God-fearing person. I'm not perfect. But it, when I make these mistakes, because I'm not perfect, when I make this mistake, I try to, to let people know that I'm not a fixed-minded individual. I am a growth-minded, I have a growth mindset where if I make mistake and I know this is a mistake, I try to learn from my mistake and not to repeat it again. Because I've set a standard where the standard, I don't have any negotiation with myself and say, I have to go below that standard. So if I find myself going below that standard, I try to go back and think and change because that's not the person I want to be. I set a standard for myself and say, this is the person I want to be. And so if I go, I see like there's sometimes you go out of the standard, but when you do a checkup, you come back, you come back to the standard. And that's the kind of person I am. I love people. I love to see the best in people. I love people to acquire their best and achieve their dreams. I like when I'm around people, I love to see them smile. I like to see them happy. Not when I'm around, like I normally say, mm. when leave them better, you know? If you meet someone, mm. just leave them better, you understand? Let's say if I come into your life, I make sure when I come into your life, I leave you, I don't leave you worse than I found you. I leave you the better, like the best way that I didn't find you, you understand? I, I try to make sure there are changes that I'll bring into your life and then leave, even if I'm leaving, you understand? But I leave you better, not to leave you in a sad way or leave you in a worse state than I find you, I found you, you understand? Yeah, I love football and I love sports. I love writing. And the thing is that I love learning every day. Learn from books, learn from podcasts, just to make sure that my life, the standard that I've set, I'll reach to that level that I've set in my life that I want to be this kind of person. I want to be a person that when they talk about me, my name will be me. Like I said, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to be the best person I could be. Yeah. Okay. That was nice, you know, the, the fact that you spoke about when you come into someone's life, you always want them, you always want to leave, bed, leave them better as you found them. So good insight. Um, so you spoke about your writing, and I just want to ask. Um, I remember you used to write these uh, quotations um, on your social media platforms, um, your true series quotations, and they were quite popular back then. So I want to ask, um, what was your inspiration when you are writing? Because most of them were self-motivational talks. What what thing came to your mind, and would were there things you were learning, were there things you were watching, or it was just you um you realized what's going on, and you just wanted to jot it down and share with all. My writing journey and with Truth series, oh honestly, like it didn't start at Truth uh, as Truth series. You understand? It didn't start like that. Uh, I remember it was in 2014, right? Um, I left my, by that time I was in high school, I was in boarding school by then, both school, my school, both school. Cause like, doing like, I remember before the start of that, before that happened, before I transferred to both school, I was one of those kids, you know, when I was home, even though I was being raised, I was raised right, right? But I used to be very stubborn, you understand? So the, my parents, they decided to change my school, right? Cause like, even though, you know, if that thing where you know you are, one of the smartest guys out there. So you are in school. So you feel like you, you are you are above everyone, you understand? So yeah, you can I get do you. anything, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I was in that state when I used to come home late. 
I'll just come home late. I'll go play football. I'll not come until I feel like coming home, you know what I'm saying? So it, it got to a place where my mom saw that it was getting worse. So she was like, you need to go somewhere where you are not in the city. You are not closer to us. That time you know you learn life and you know that life is not all about the enjoyment part of it or getting to be famous and all these things. You understand? Know because you know, when fame comes, you feel like there's no view, you know. And so I get you. They decided to take me to both school. So when I went to both school, so it's a, it's a one of our cities in, in, in Sierra Leone. And it's like it's a like I'll say like it's a village setup, you know. So when you like you look at it, it's a village setup, even though it's called a city, but it's like a place uh, you know that it's a village. You know, so you have away from home, and I didn't know anyone there. It was just me and the people that I met there, and most of these people. But the good thing about both schools that not like all people that are coming from both school are village people. Like most of and child of presidents and stuff that come to that school because the school is basically made for like famous people take their children there to give them that that upgrade you know, because the motto for both schools manners make it man you understand know, so when you go there they teach you a child or guy that is trying to make success like they're supposed to be like so when i went i saw that when being away from home i have to take responsibility for myself there's no one that will come and say benjamin you should study you have to do it by yourself. You have to motivate yourself to go study. And the class I was in, so being in board school, you are as a place where you have to take responsibility for yourself. I don't know if you've been to boarding school, like you know that everybody's there on their own. There's no parent, no nothing. So you have to take responsibility for your things and everything. So this is where my upbringing started. I, I like, I started learning a lot of things to take responsibility for myself and everything. And I thank God because all every day I say I thank God because I went to that school because it made me like a kind of guy I am today because like being studious, like being disciplined and everything, I learned it from being in both school, you understand? Even though, yes, they, they were teaching me at my home. But when I, when I went to both school, like the aspect of waking up early in the morning, at four, we are already up. You know that if you don't wake up, they are coming to beat you to wake up. So you're already up. You have to clean the place and everything. So all those things were in me. Like I stayed there for like five years. So it was something that becomes like embedded in me. So that's how I, I said. But when I was in both school, they have this thing of like you have the, the, the seniors, right? The seniors always have people that they take care of. Like you have like young people that you they will bring to you. They say, take care of them, you understand? Like the parents will put them under your care. So during that time, I was like one of, the, I was in charge of studies. I, I was the, the, the prep officer, you understand? Like the head of, of studies. So during that time, as a head of studies, I have like uh, boys that they were under me, like I was taking care of them. So that gave me so much responsibility that I sometimes I used to advise them about their school work. I used to advise them about other things in life. So that that's how I started writing. I was like, hmm, since I'm passing all this information to this boy, and I saw their life was developing, you understand? Because some, like some of them were not doing good in class. But when I started talking to them, started reacting with them, like making sure that I advised them in the right way, the right path to take them. I see that there was improvement, like they were moving from one level to another. And to a point where in like the time when like there was a particular time where in, 
when I was the head of studies, like we got the best results in the in the whole um, country. And I saw the effect it was making. So I was like, then if this can work, then why not make a self-motivational thing where you can advise boys, young boys, you understand, and tell them the truth about life. What's from what I've experienced, not from what another person have experienced, but from what I have experienced, you understand. So I put it out there to be telling them. So I started with with WhatsApp, you know, because by that time we only have the button phones with WhatsApp and Facebook phones and all those things. So I used to like mm. in the morning when I wake up, I will put after prayers, I will post and then send it to all of my contact, my friends. And I see that it was making difference in their life because even up to date, sometimes like some of them will just send me some of those old quotes. And I Benjamin, do you remember this quote that you said? Like, so you feel like it was making, it was getting them, like I was making impact out there in their lives, which from what I've experienced. So it was a good thing for me. That's how I started writing. But it's like the, the journey of writing take a new tone. And if you, if you see from my code, most of them are biblically based and also motivationally based, you understand? Like it took a new tone when I finished high school in 2014, when I went back home. Because after taking my GCSE, I went back home and I was just there. I used to spend most of the time in church. So that's how it took a new turn. I was like, oh, since I'm doing this thing, I can easily call it Tootsies. Because you say, you say the word is truth, you understand? This word is truth. Since like most of the quote I'm taking, it's from the Bible. The motivation is coming from the Bible. And you say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So I'm like... It can easily be called Tootsies because there's nothing out there that is called Tootsies. No motivational quote that they call Tootsies. <laughs> so I can easily call it Tootsies. I remember the day, it was an evening. I was in church. I was sitting upstairs. And then that's the time the, 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 the idea came. I was like, oh, this one got to, Let me just call it Tootsies. And that's how Tootsies started. started. Then I started going on Facebook. Started sending it on Facebook. Started doing those little, little designs. Like I, first, I started with Quotes Creator. To make the designs, like to make the design, I'll do design and send it. Because yeah. I, I feel like people learn more, not only by texting, texting, but like when you make pictures and stuff, you put the quotes in there, it's like it's attractive. So they get to, to read it and you know and keep it on their phone. So that's how I started name from creator to China. You know that when you came when you come to China, it just changed, you know. Because the environment will be like, okay. It's nice to step up and change the, the scenario, and that's how my journey started and up to now. Yeah. Okay, that's that's nice. Um, so in your writings, uh, have you seen an impact that they've done with people who have consumed your writings? Have you seen a positive impact, especially among yeah. the boy child who you, you really target? Yes, I would say so because, like. Like every day, like even though I don't know if you remember, like at some there's a point in time I used to even post them on my status when people would just share what that quote did for them and stuff. I normally used to post it, but I stopped because I felt like if I like when I was posting, I felt like it's self praise because like the 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 vision was not mine, you understand? Mm. It was God, yeah. And it's for the glory of God. But if I put it out there, it's like me. I'm praising myself, you understand? Like it's like I'm telling myself like Ah Benjamin is too good, you understand? Which of course it was not my idea. It's God's idea. So I was saying no. Putting it out there, it feels like no. I'm praising myself. 
And he said, everything he says in the word, he said, in everything that he do, he said, let us do it for the glory of God. And I thought it was, oh, this thing was, it's for God. And that's how God wants me to church lives. So I don't need to be posting yeah. it out there and making it all about myself. It has to be about God. So I stopped. But, like, especially for the boys that I, like the boys I was talking about, the boys that I, most of them are now, like, some of them are working out and we are still in contact. Some of them are studying in the U.S. and all because of that, like those things that I used to tell them, those things they used to read. And even not only for the boys, also my family, some of my family members, they repost it. Even some of my friends, even here in China, a lot of people go through it and use it. You know, so I feel like I'll say it has, it's, it has been impactful. That's what I can say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what are the core messages in your right? The pop, my purpose is what wakes me up in the morning, not the alarm clock. Yeah. So that's one of my I feel like when you live and try to live a life, you don't need someone to wake clock to wake you up in the morning. Because all of you have drive and saying, I need the I need to wake up in the morning and mind that the purpose all my life that's my purpose. And so I follow that not alarm clock. Sometimes I wake up five AM in the morning. People blame. How are you up and this? You don't sleep? I don't know. Still grinding, you know. <laughs> I smile in the morning and grind. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. So, apart from the writing, your brand has the clothing line. Um. So, what was the motivation behind the clothing line? I in two future, I just wanted to explore and see how it goes. For the, the match, I think it's good. But it was it was an idea that I brought up. It's not for like I would say. At first, it was not for making money, you understand? Or for, I was just like, since it's, the thing is bringing so much, like bringing so much change in people's life, I was like, why not make it a merchandise where people can get to wear to it see because it's making so much impact, especially in China. And then I, I later talk with my roommates, my roommate that I was having in school there. Yeah? And then I was like, yeah, man, it's a good idea. You should make it. And so we, I, I started the, the, the match, and then the first one was out, and a lot of people bought, and I was like, it's like, it's going out, so why can't make it a business, you understand? A clothing line, since we're all, like, most, like, when I came to China, like, I'm in fashion, you know, I like, I like dressing up, that's why I'm not lying. I like dressing up, so oh. I'm not lying. So that can go out as a fashion make some nice design and people can wear it during the summer you can wear you can wear winter and you can get for every weather you understand so you can wear tootsie i like yeah it can go out as a business so <clears throat> that's how the clothing brand started and i decided to make it a clothing line but because of the pandemic just strike, we slow down and stop that production for now and say let's wait and see until people return back to china and see then we can resume again. Yeah, that's that was the idea at first, but it became a business line when I started thinking differently. Okay, and um, have you seen any challenges, especially with the fashion industry? The thing about another thing I've noticed about, especially making your own brand, right? Uh, I'll say the lack of if you don't have a, a place where you can advertise your things, right? It's difficult for them to sell. You understand? And if people don't have an idea of the brand, you understand? They, even when you price it so kind, you price, let's say you price it so high because of the cost that you used to make it, people be like, ah, 
it's just an ordinary Tutsi. It's not like Nike, you understand? How can, how, how, how can you charge like that, you understand? So sometimes it's difficult for it to sell because of it's just, it's not Nike, you know? It's not Nike, it's uh. not Adidas, it's not Puma, you understand? So people will be like, ah, it's just Tutsis, you know? Why should I be buying it 100 and something or 100 and, you know? I will just go to Pindodo. I'll just go to Taobao and buy something else, you understand? But people will not know. For me, it was not about the money, you understand? It's about the representation of the thing, the vision. It's not about the money. Because I felt like, because it's Tootsies, I know one day it's going to hit. But it's better, you can, because it's, people are saying it's not, it's not like Nike, doesn't mean that I have to bring the price down, you understand? So we, sometimes we sell to people, but we're only telling to people that know the importance why we started the business in the first or why we are making Tootsie. And people were buying because... Okay, um, would you mind telling us more about your photography area? Because I have seen that the True Series Empire, if I'm to say so, has also expanded into photography. Tell us about the photography aspect of it. To do it as a business, so I started making... Because in China, like you know, like... Oh, we can make it a business and edit for them photos and also. So I started, that's the time now, I started learning about photo editing and trying to take better photos. Because if you look at the my previous photos I used to take in 2019, it's different from the ones now I take in 2022, you understand? Like there is that upgrade that you'd be like, oh, there's a difference. Yes. And even the tools that I used to use when I just started is different from the one I'm using now. So I try to upgrade it because... People, they know now the new phones are out, so you have to upgrade yourself also. So I started making it different now and started reaching out to people. And people call me and say, Benami, come take us photos. I'll go there and take them photos and edit their photos for them. That's how the photography thing come into play. Yeah. So do you want to turn professional in photography? Like they said, you know, like they always say, you know, you don't have to focus on one stream of income. So <laughs> I feel like... Being a my main goal is to be a doctor, right? But I feel like I still have some side dishes that I need to eat from, you understand? Yeah. So photography can be one, and also the media world also can be another one because I'm getting good at it also. So I'm trying to learn also from because they are not something that I want. Like before, when I was a young person, you know, when you are young, the only thing they tell you, what do you want to be? You only pick one thing, you understand? You just be like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be this, I want to be that. But now growing up, you know that you can be you can be a lot of things, you understand? Or you can raise income in like in different different avenues if you want to succeed. But you can't just concentrate on one stream of income, you understand? So you have to do other things that can make you get up to that standard that you want to see for yourself. So I feel like photography, yes, is a good thing that I want to go into also. That's why I get some I get the the, the cameras. I get the the pads, the iPads and stuff, so I can be good at what I'm doing, yeah. Okay, Um. so, like, your True Series Empire has a writing part, photography, you have a merchandise part. So, you have um a definite entrepreneurial journey. So, what advice would you give the African youth you has been on that entrepreneurial journey so far. What advice would you give someone maybe in Sierra Leone right now or someone in Kampala or someone in Lusaka who wants to venture in the business avenue at a young age? Like, I'll just say one thing, you know. 
And that's the thing I've noticed. Like, I always, me, I like to talk about the real things that people don't talk about because I feel like that's the one thing that's destroying us as people that we go into things that we don't even know about. You understand? I feel like if you are going through this this journey or want to take this journey as an entrepreneur, you have to trust the process. Trust uh, the process. At first, you have to make sure that when you are going into business or you are going as an entrepreneur, you have to know, you have to start and say, it's not about the money. Because if you concentrate about the money, you will hit, you will hit rock bottom. You have to first, you have to first make sure it's about the vision, not about the money. Because when the vision, you concentrate on the vision with everything you have, you sacrifice for the vision, the product will come out. Because it's like saying you are sowing a seed, right? When you sow a seed, it takes time for it to get that fruit that you want, right? If you plant, if it's plant mango, it takes a specific period of time for it to come as a mango. So if you are going, that's the way I think, like as an entrepreneur, when you sow that seed, that's first investment that you put in that thing. Let's say you are making, you are doing designing clothes and you put that first money in. Don't expect the first the first uh, income that come in, you start eating it or what. You have to trust the process and keep doing it. Don't stop. Keep doing it. Keep doing it until you get to that place that you want to see your, your, your journey or you want to see your business go at. That's what I would say. Trust the process. It's not an easy process. You know, sometimes when you tell people trust the process, they feel like when you say trust the process, they are telling you, you are telling them that, don't worry, it's going to be, it's just going to be food, 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 food. But in this journey of sales and stuff, I know you also, you are involved in those things. Like, you will see that in these things, sometimes they will come time, they will, you will not make anything. There's something like people don't even want to buy from you or people don't even want to call you. But if you don't stop, you don't stop advertising, you don't stop going in and out of it. That, uh, when you don't stop, it comes, the fruit comes. Because people will not, because one thing I've noticed that people like consistency. People like consistency. If they see you are doing advertising every day, say this person is serious. But if you advertise today and you stop, and then you come after five months and come advertise, people are like, ah, this business is not a correct business. Yeah. I get you. Okay. Um, you touched on the medical aspect of your life. You're a medical intern, you'll soon be a graduate doctor. Um, and you're studying medicine in China. And I want to ask you, who has been in the medical field studying and will soon enter the medical field as a professional? Do you think that right now you have the skill set to cause a difference in Africa positive when it comes to the medical sector? You as an individual? Um, being that, I would not say that I have, or because you know, medicine, Sometimes when we when when we just started medical school, we could just think that being in medical school is just an automatic fix. You know, you just go boom. For medical school, it's like I would say the process don't stop, learning don't stop. Like for real, for real, because every day there are new technologies, there are new diseases coming out. You know, <laughs> every day in the medical world, new things are popping up. So it's a thing where it's not a, it's not a thing where you say oh i'm done studying medicine takes someone medicine is for someone that say like i've dedicated myself to learn that's what i would say because for me as a medical intern right now 
there are a lot of things I was reading in books, you understand? I thought that, oh, books, it's fine. I already done the book. I know everything. But when you see the real, real one-on-one, when you see the person, it's different from what you have read in the book. The theory is different from the practical. That's what I can say. So if the theory is different from the practical, that means you have to start real. All those things that you have learned during the time of exams and stuff, you have to relearn them again. So it's like offloading the book concepts, even though, yes, you know them, but you, are, you don't have to put it and say, ah, when this person have this, 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 then this is what you have to do. But doing this now, you have to look at what another person that have become a professional is doing and learn from that. But it's a thing where you have to learn. So I will not say right now, as a medical intern, I will not tell you, oh, I can go to Africa and start working as a doctor. No, I will not tell you that. I will be lying to myself. There are two things that will come out of that. Either I kill someone or someone find me killing someone and then they help me. Yes, sir. Because the human body is something that is very, very, very delicate. And you get to know the mystery when you go, as a med- when you see them as a medical person, when you see them up front, when they are doing all this processing, as they, you know that the human body is something that is very, very complicated. That's what I would say as a medical person. So I keep learning. I will not say for now, I'm still learning. I'm still going through the process of learning. I'm still learning. And I don't want to stop learning because the more you go to the hospital every day, the more you want to learn more about medicine and you want to be a medical doctor because it's lovable. Like it's something that, like someone used to say, say medicine is not for everyone, <laughs> but you can get. I, not to say anyone, best job you can get as a person. Okay. <laughs> that was a nice, a nice overview of medicine. So obviously you've been keeping track with what's happening in, Africa. Um, so I want to ask you as as Benjamin, as a person, you as Benjamin, as a medical intern, what is Africa's biggest problem when it comes to the medical sector? Why aren't we that level? And why is it that if maybe our politicians or rich people want medical treatment, they have to fly abroad? Why can't we treat them from within the continent? Okay, you know, I'll start with the process. I will not... You know, it's better I start my country because my country is Africa, right? Because I don't know for other people in their country, right? But for my country, like I will tell you, the first thing and spoke I spoke about, like the first thing that is the people that are graduating from the African universities, right? These people, you know, I don't like for all of us in Africa. We know when we're in high school, it's all about the theory, 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 theory about things learning all those further maths and all these things. But when you get to the medical place, you don't even have to do all those further maths and all these things that we are doing in school. You understand? And they pluck you to know about this concept and everything studied from the book. They don't even let you know about the practical. I feel like for my country, as a person, I feel like that's the first thing. The people graduating from the African, like the university back home, is that they are mostly they know only the book concepts, like they only know the theory aspects of things. They don't know the practical. If you call someone and tell them, let them explain to you about cancer, they will tell you the whole thing from the book concept. But if you present it to them, they don't know that's cancer. Or that's the, the same thing they were explaining, gastric cancer. They will tell you gastric cancer. And if you show them gastric cancer, a patient that has gastric cancer, they don't know. Like the other day, I was discussing something with one of my friends there from Pakistan. He was telling me, 
for him now, it don't depend on studying book because yes, studying book is nice. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not good, but for a medical person, it's better for you to concentrate on, especially for the stage where we are right now, sixth year, fifth year. It's better for you to concentrate on the clinical cases that you see every day and learn what is this, why is this person like this, or why is this person presented with this. So you get to know the clinical knowledge because nowadays people don't need book to study medicine. You, there are a lot of resources that you can just go and check. You have Ambos, you have Lecturio, you have different, different, different UWorld and all these things. That basically, what they present is clinical cases. You learn from these clinical cases. It just, if you continue doing clinical cases for a space of one year, you're going to be a good doctor. That's what I can say. So if you, that's one of the things I will say, that's the problem. That being in the issue in my country as a medic, as a, as a in the medical field, that's why people are flying out. And then the other thing I would say is that corruption. <laughs> that's why. That's why it's the order of the day. Because I feel like the big people just want to be the big ones. They don't want the young ones to come up, and they want to just be keeping for themselves and for themselves alone. That's another thing. And then uh, you look at also when you look at the. Uh, for you look also the organization of the medical um, place in like, the medical field in my country. There are no organization. Me saying there are no organization. One person can be. You can see someone being a professor is also an administrator for another place. Is also a doctor. You can't roll all those things in one. You at the end of the day, you can't do anything. They don't want to give the position to anyone. They just want to take everything. So and there's no organization there we are like oh there's an organization in the hospital where you have different different sets of people that you can call and say or consult from them yourself that's the other thing and then when you talk about also they are they are, they are not they are not they are not let me just say there is in there are not enough uh, medical there is no medical equipment that you can use to diagnose people and say oh when this person come you diagnose them and say this is what they have you understand medical equipment are not there so the tendency for someone to be misdiagnosed is very, very high. So you will not know what the person is going to. You will just be like, oh, you have, because I, I, I called my, one of my friends, she studied in Cuba, but she's back home studying medicine. So the other day we were talking. And then she was telling me, Benjamin, please don't come home. I was like, why? Like, because this place is not organized. So this place, you everyday people are dying because there's no equipment. Even if you know, even if you study outside of the country, it will be hard for you to save life because there are no medical equipment to save the life. So she was telling me, don't okay. come. Just find a place to stay. And then there's no chemo chemotherapy for no one. There's nothing like that. And also when you look at the doctor's part of things, also why, why also, I feel like in my country, doctors are leaving from the country. They are going elsewhere. There's no... The doctors don't, they are not paid well. That's the thing. And also, they don't even have doctor's insurance. If a doctor is sick, they are the same hospital they are working, they have to pay to be treated. And it's not done. And doctors should have a medical insurance. They should have a, some like the transportation, nothing like that for them. Their transportation, their feeding and everything, housing and all, everything is just one in that one salary. So, you don't expect the medical world in that place to imagine you have a country full of how many thousands of people, how many million of people, you expect to have only 12 practitioners that are physicians there, 
or only have one cardio surgeon. It's not a good name. Yes, that. That means one cardio surgeon for a million of people is not a good idea. You understand? And they don't teach like they don't teach the the the, the, the genius doctor. They are not even in the, sometimes they are not even in the offices. You have to call them to come back to hospital. Most of them are doing other things. For you to call for consultation, you have to you have to call them, talk to them, and then my friend was telling me when you call them, the issue is that I think also they don't teach the junior doctors. That's how I was saying. Like it's really really hard for you to say they teach them because every day I call my friend because she's one of my close friends. Like we are in high school together, and being that she studied from, uh, she studied outside of the county, and. She went back home to to give like to to just walk in your country and feel safe. You understand? But she, she still is not. She's not. She's not satisfied. She be like me too. I want to leave this place because she's not satisfied. She be like you because as a doctor, your main priority is to save lives. It's like you duty is like I'm here to save life, not to you. You will not be because that's why most of the doctors they have PTSD because imagine you see someone that you can save like. Really, you know, this person is treatable, but you don't have the machines to save them. And then they die in front of your face. That's PTSD right there. Imagine for a week, five or six people die in front of your face. You don't feel good as a dog. Those are the things. And then the thing is that when also when the overseas doctors, let's say you study from a different country and you, and you go back home, it's hard to get along with the, the doctors that study in that country because both people study their studies are different. That one have the the, the, the the theory aspect of thing. This one have the practical and the theory together. But that one is is like that person is trained differently, and the person back home is trained differently, so they can't get along. Okay. So, in your view, what steps can be taken to improve the medical sector in Africa? Getting more medical equipment, medication, and an organized structure of the medical field. That's a key thing, you know. When you have an organized structure of a medical field, and then you have an organized hospital that have an organized structure, the, the, the job is easily done. Like it will be easy for people to work there. Yeah. So because if you look at the Chinese, especially where I'm doing my intern at the 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 Jenju First Affiliated Hospital, they are they are so organized that when a patient comes in. The first person that gets to see the patient is the consults, the, the consult. And then from there, you have the junior, then the, the resident there is there. And then you get to get to the junior doctors. But in my country, when a patient comes, the first people that get to see the patient is the junior doctors. So they don't even, they can't be diagnosed. They don't even know anything. It's like me. Imagine me coming to China, they allow me to diagnose the Chinese. I'm not, I don't know all the, I don't know all everything. So how can I diagnose that this person have this? Except there's someone that's higher than me that can say, oh, this person have this. So treat this person with this and this. So I feel like that's another thing. And also I feel like the the studies or the way they teach people in the medical school have to go, you know, they have to go beyond traditional way of saying book, book, book. They have to give people more resources and tell them, go to this resource, check this resource and this resource for you to become a better doctor. Because medical school, um, um, JP, is that medical school is not a place where you go for competing, like say, oh, I'm the best, I'm the, I'm the smart, I have to be the top in the class. No. Medical school, you have seen like, even here in China, we've seen people that they were good students here in China. Like when they went back home, they could not pass the, 
the, the, the board exam. But the people that were failing, they passed the medical exam. How comes? How you say that? How can you explain that? The difference is that person was busy studying medical case and you were studying only definition and say, what is this? What is that? Where that person was taking their time to study medical cases and using other resources, not books. Yeah, it's like you say, it's one, it's not two. Like we've seen a lot of cases, like a lot of people that will, they go home and they start there, they take their exam and they fail. And for the people that we, we term the, the, the term that here in China, because they are not doing good in Kansai, they are not serious. But those people pass, they are not medical doctors. Yeah. I get so as as we try to conclude with your journey and your works, um, what message would you want to give the African youth? From what you've seen in your life experiences, what message would you want to give the youth in Africa? You mean in the medical field or like general? No, generally. In your medical field, in your writing, entrepreneur journey, your self-motivation, what general message or messages would you want to give the youth in Africa? Man, like for me, my life has, my journey has been different because I don't know for other people, JP, but for me, my life has been a different journey, you know, because I was telling someone the other day, like I've been poor, you know, I've been poor, I've seen poverty, you know. I know what it likes to be poor, and I know what it likes to have a lot also. You understand? So, I would say is that the only thing that's still keeping me here, and that's the one thing I will share with everybody every day and anytime you ask me is that. I remember the first time you met me, that's the same thing I told you. It's God. Mm. <laughs> Nothing else, bro. Because if you can trust the source, right? You concentrate on him, the source. Everything will make sense. Because imagine he created me and you, right? And then you are going to someone else to seek advice or going to someone else to talk about, oh, your life and say, oh, this is what my life. And then person, oh, this is what your life is like. I don't feel that's good. Me, for me, I would say trust in God and honor the works and the things that he tells you to do. Because it says, like, in the word of God, it says, he knows the plans that he has for you. And because he knows those plans, he said the plans, they are there for, they are all good. They are all good plans that he has for you. Never, there are no one, that, there are no plan there that is to harm you. All of them are good. So I would say, all I would say is that trust God, stay with God, and be in God. Because that's the only way you can be successful. It's not about getting the cars. It's not about getting the money. It's not about getting all this involved. If you don't fulfill purpose, there, there's no success there for you, JP. That's not success. Success is only, me for me, that's how I define success. Success is fulfilling God's purpose, why you were created, why you came on planet Earth. That's success right there for me. Yes, when I was, well, that's why I told you when I started, the, when we started the podcast is that I am a God-fearing person. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm still trying to go through the map, but I'm still trying to use God's map to lead to my direction, where he's directing me. But there are some, way, there are some times I go out of the map, but I come back because I want my life to be successful. I want to be happy in life. So that's what I would say. Trust the source and that's God. Okay. That's a nice, powerful message. Uh, you talked about being in poverty and having it all. Um, so I want to ask, um, what are your views on financial literacy in general? 
um, how the youth should manage their finances because one day you can have it all, one day you can have nothing in just in the blink of an eye. So what are your views about the financial literacy? Financial oh, uh, literacy, you know, I get to, uh, for me, I got to learn about this thing two or three years ago because like being a young man, you know, when you like someone you didn't get to know uh, about finances and someone didn't teach you how to like to go along with finances, how to handle your finances, you feel like everything you have is just to buy, 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 buy yourself. Have the nice sneakers, have the nice stuffs and wearing them. Before when I learned about this thing, I, I make sure that I was telling someone the other day, now everything I buy or everything I pay for, I make sure it's an investment to my life. Something that I'll buy will either make money for me or will educate me and make me more smart or have more upper hand in the place where I'm going in life, you understand? Yeah, if I buy, let's say for example, I get an iPad, right? I make sure all the apps that are there are basically apps that are going to improve me, basically in the medical world or the photography world or something else, you understand? So me buying that, that iPad means I'm investing in myself as a person. Because investment is a good thing, you understand? It's not a bad thing. You invest, you invest rightly, you understand? And then when it comes to a thing where you say you are saving, right? Like the issue of saving. I met someone recently, like she taught me, like it's not about every time. If you can't, if you can't, uh, if you buy it and you become broke, that means you can't afford it. That's what mm. the person taught me. And you know, I thank God that I met her in a point where I was so down, like earlier this year. That's the person I met. I thank God for her life, you know. Because she has taught me so much about finances that even when I am in some place, you know, I want to buy something, I get to think, what will this person think if I buy this thing right now, right? Yes, sir. It's to a point where now I don't buy all those fancy fancy. I buy, I only pay for the stuff or buy the things that I know are going to be investment. So what I would say is that as a young person, we should learn how to invest, not just invest like. Uh, or like yes you can invest in monetary things like buying stuff those bitcoin and stuff right but you also invest in you can also invest in your in, in your in your capacity of the medical world or the engineering world and invest so you get more open hand than the person another another engineer right out there you understand like for example you you're saying you're paying for autocad you pay for autocad for like like how many thousand of rmb and that person don't have autocad boy because you have it you can make use of it because you already invest that's an investment right there so i for now is that how i take my life how i'm going with my life is that everything i'm going to have i make sure i'm investing even in time you can invest in time everything you have to take it as an investment but now when you talk about financial i feel like as you try now we have to have that mindset of saying creating generational wealth that's all that's the one thing right now that's very very important creating generational wealth not only for you but your unborn children and the generation coming right because when you create gener generational wealth it leaves a lot for the rogabas it leaves a lot for the thomas when they are coming in yourself and I see people now they even a lot of people now when you check the internet a lot of people a lot of platforms are talking about creating generational wealth 
because when you create generational wealth, it lives your life. It gives your life. You live a stress-free life. You understand? Generational wealth. You can invest in a lot of things. There are a lot of things out there that you can invest. But since now we are in China, right? There are a lot. Of, you can't say you invest in a lot of things, but you can start your business. You can start business. But like the major things that you want to invest in, I was telling someone, like a lot of things I want to invest in, but in China, they don't allow foreigners to do it. You understand? Especially like, for example, if you want to buy uh, uh, shares in, in bank in China, you can't buy a shares in bank, except you have credit card or something. You understand? Yeah, so that's what I would say. Okay. Um, that's nice. I've, I've enjoyed your insight in this uh, conversation, to be honest in the medical and um, the true series brand your journey so far really inspiring uh we're on the final segment of our podcast um the hit raw segment just a few questions to you know cheer smile and make the audience get to know about you more um so the very first question is um your favorite country apart from sierra leone and why in africa ghana Ghana, why Ghana? Most of my guests choose Ghana. I don't know. Every guest of mine is choosing Ghana. For me, it's not for the the reason why is that I had a lot of I came across a lot of Ghanaians in when I was young. And those people changed my my mindset of how I think about things. I remember in in boarding school, I used to have two Ghanaian friends. Boy, those guys, they shaped my Christian life, you know. When I say someone can, those guys can pray and trust in God, they can pray and trust in God. And they, they taught me a lot about discipline also, how to discipline yourself to study and to mix, to be a successful person. That's the thing. So, and you know, when you watch the life of a lot, lot of Ghanaians that I've met, like, especially even in China, the people that I've met, like, they, they have that thing of, I don't know, they are just alike, you know. They have that thing of, they have that mindset that I must succeed, you know, one way or the other, I must succeed. But they don't do it in a in a crooked way. For the people next, they do it in a honest way, in a hardworking way, in a smart way. So that's why I would say I choose Ghana. You understand? I will choose them over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the second question is: Tell us more about Sierra Leone. Why would convince me to come to visit Sierra Leone? What makes Sierra Leone special and unique? Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone. Like, the first thing I would say about Sierra Leone is that the people. The people are very friendly and accommodating. Like, if you go to Sierra Leone and you're a foreigner, you see that the way they even treat a foreigner is really different from the way they would treat someone that's born in Sierra Leone. They are very yeah. friendly with foreigners. They are very welcoming to foreigners. Personally, I basically like like foreigners more than the people that they are with every day. So the first thing I would say, the people. They are lovable yeah. people. That's the first thing. And then if you say, another thing about Sierra is that, like, you want to go to Sierra is that the beach, I'll talk about the beach. Where you can go for yeah. vacations and stuff. Yeah. And then... There are also historical places that you go that you feel also that, especially Sierra was like, it's one of the, like, I don't know, one of the home of um, the repatriated um, slaves, like from Af- America and London, you know, so, and also they have a lot of sceneries we are for like history about slavery, structures and places where you can go 
and sea where slaves used to stay and everything. And then also, Sierra Leone is as the largest, the largest one, the third largest um, natural harbor in the world. Yeah. And then Sierra Leone is rich in natural resources. Like when you think about diamond, gold, talk about bauxite, you talk about iron ore, all these things. And Sierra Leone is also one of the largest countries that they produce titanium and bauxite. Yeah. And also the culture. The culture. Okay, that's nice. Um, the third question is, what aspect of China do you admire, and would you want to share with the people back in Sierra Leone or Africa in general? So the first thing I, I like about China is, I would say, their willingness to grow, mm. their willingness to grow, and also Chinese, they are, they are very disciplined in every aspect, like time. They are very, that's the one thing you will notice about Chinese. They don't joke with their time. You don't waste their time. If you tell them nine o'clock, they want you to be there at nine o'clock. Nothing but nine o'clock. Chinese also, they are disciplined when it comes to money. You don't joke with, if you are a business partner, or if you've been business partner with Chinese, you will know they don't joke. If you tell them today, I'm going to pay you. They don't want you to say tomorrow. Because you already yeah. gave them a word that today I'm going to pay you, you understand? That's Chinese. They are very disciplined when it comes to that also. And then I feel the other thing is that their dedication, their dedication in whatsoever they are doing. If a Chinese man is selling phone, you know, they make sure every day they are there, unless they are sick and they can't get up from the bed. Their dedication. And also, I'll say, they love for their culture. Okay. Yeah, the Chinese are very patriotic. Um, the fourth question is your favorite African personality and why? You talk about celebrities? No, it should not be celebrities. It could be anyone. Oh, man, if you say my favorite, I'll say my grandma and my mom, man. Nothing else. Okay. Because why I would say that? <laughs> why I say that? You know, uh, man, I've been with these people like my whole life. So, and the values they they like they've taught me in the life they've made me live as a person like it takes a true god fearing and lovable person to raise a guy like me you know and my my they are very down to art they are straightforward my grandma especially if she if it's a, it's a she'll tell you right there in your face she'll not even find quotes it she'll tell you right there so if you tell me i know i will not pick celebrities become men a lot of these celebrities now they disappoint us men so because you think that this person is good you know okay um the last question is imagine you're on a road trip um and you're given to choose between listening to a podcast and listening to your playlist on spotify which one would you choose man both man I can't choose one. You know why I can't choose one? Because my podcast, like, they are too good to left to be left out. You know, like the podcast, the different podcasts that I listen to, they are too good to be left out. You know, and also the the songs that are the the playlist that I have on Spotify, they are you know, it will take me. So I can because I can alternate it, but I can't choose one. I can alternate when I'm on the journey. Why can't you okay, so so if you're alternating, which one comes first? Which one comes last? The song comes first because the song now takes me in, and then I get to go to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Benjamin, for coming.
it was an honor having you. Um, thank you for being our first video guest, um, first of many, and really appreciate you what you've shared with us. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was really, really a blessed time. Um, I really enjoyed the, the, the session, and I thank I thank God for you, and I thank God for being here.